All right, folks. Welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. And I am, well, not excited, that's for sure. Not really excited to talk about this Denver Nuggets loss as they uh, lose an unfortunate one to the Orlando Magic. Final score was 124-119. Pretty tough one. But if you think about it, Orlando's now 10-5. Denver's now 10-5. Maybe this is what should have happened. And this is why I asked that question pregame over on Twitter, which you can go follow me at NBA Blackburn. Uh, It thought it was interesting. Thought it was an interesting game, and I think it's important to probably contextualize this one a little bit as, hey, Denver's on a road trip. It has been tough. Don't want to make any excuses, and I feel like there's already ready-made excuses to be made. Denver kind of just got outplayed in this one, and it's tough to see. Uh, Thought the free throws were fine on both sides. Thought the calls were reasonably fine on both sides, and Sometimes that's just how the cookie crumbles. And I think that Orlando just kind of outplayed Denver, especially at the end, uh, but especially in that fourth quarter where Denver gives up 42 points in the first quarter or in the fourth quarter, excuse me. That's not good enough. And if you're a Nuggets fan, you have to be frustrated. You have to be pissed that this is what the game comes down to where Jokic goes for a great score. He goes for a great margin and bounces back in a big way and deserves a ton of credit for that. But not enough kind of went right around him. And I think that's that's kind of the story of the team, that with Jamal Murray out, with things not going perfectly right now for the group, it feels like Jokic either has to be perfect or somebody else has to play well above their station in order to get a W. And I don't think anybody really did. Just I think you could go through the list here. Not a ton of guys really standing out in the right ways. And for every positive that there was, like Michael Porter Jr. having 25 points and going 5 of 9 from 3 again, uh, Michael Porter Jr. got benched towards the end of this game because he couldn't defend anybody. And that is not a great sign. That is not a great sign to me. And I think it is important to understand that it is part of the discussion now. And Denver has to work through it. Now, I don't think the starters were the problem. I think the bench was the problem. We could talk about them. Let's talk about them in the second segment. I want to save just a little bit for that specifically. But I thought that the starters were good enough to get the W. And ultimately, that did not come to pass because the bench wasn't good enough themselves. Um, Everybody, this is supposed to be a Thanksgiving episode. So I'm going to try to keep this one a little bit lighter. I don't want, like, you guys know how I've been sort of mentally over the course of these past few days. I would rather just keep things light. I would rather just keep things relatively even. Like, look, Denver, here's what they should be doing in this moment, kind of reacting to this loss. They should be turning the page. They should be going to go have fun with their families. They should be going to enjoy life and try to get over this loss by having some positive things just in their life. And in general, I think I'm okay with doing that too for for this particular loss. This is one where nobody's going to remember this game. I won't won't remember this game uh, in April. Like this is just, it's one of those games that tough one, you lose it in a tough way. Jokic played well. 
a couple of other guys played pretty well, but this is not one to, I think, knock down doors over. Now, there are takeaways, and especially with the bench, I'll get to those in just a bit, but that's just how I feel right off the top. So let's just keep this one light. Um, Jokic, let's talk about Jokic. Let's, let's do the positives here. After getting ejected, after having a couple kind of bad games in a row, Jokic, I thought, had a really good game, especially on the offensive end. Defense, he wasn't great, but he was also kind of left out to dry in a lot of stations, so I'm not going to put that all on him. 36 minutes, 30 points, 13 rebounds, 12 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks. That is a stat line. That is some numbers right there. He shot 12 of 18 from the field, 1 of 2 from 3, and the only three, the three that he missed was a heroic hero ball Sombor shuffle that he had to shoot right at the end of the shot clock, and it was from about like 28 feet, so I'm not even counting that one. Uh, but in general, like Jokic was sublime on the offensive end. He deserves a ton of credit for bouncing back, taking it to a guy like Gogo Batazzi, and I'm surprised that Gogo Batazzi played as much as he did, but he did kind of the tough things, and uh, I think that there was probably some opportunity for Jokic to draw some more fouls. And he did get to the line five times, made all five of his free throws. And like it's hard to really complain about this offensive game, especially like he had 12 assists and one turnover. And the one turnover, he thought he got fouled on. So I look, he he played a great game and and he deserves a ton of credit for that. And especially kind of putting stuff into perspective for Denver. Uh, but I thought that he was great. And it is unfortunate that the defense is going to be looked the way that it did because I thought his hands were very good. I thought that he had a couple blocks. Like there, there were some good things there, but in like he he was isolated a couple times. Like I, I don't want to just sit back and not acknowledge that the targets for Denver's defense at the end of the game were Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. And any time an offensive player was able to isolate against those guys, they generally had success. Porter didn't really do anything defensively. Jokic, especially on the perimeter, which he's not really supposed to be able to guard on the perimeter, but he's probably got to do a better job than he did. Uh, but look, Denver didn't play that great, and they certainly didn't play great defensively. And I thought Orlando just hit a lot of stuff, and that is that's going to be tough. So Denver's got to do a better job when. Porter and Jokic are on an island of being able to help out. Reggie's defense was poor. He certainly deserves uh, some criticism for this one. And then Aaron Gordon, I don't, I don't think had a great game on either end of the floor personally. But uh, look, he like Jokic is tough, and Jokic has to do so much. I am not going to like, especially after these last couple of days with me, not really going to go overly, overly overboard on Jokic for. 30 points, 13 rebounds, 12 assists, three steals, two blocks, one turnover, 12 of 18 from the field. He was great. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Um, Michael Porter, like I mentioned, got the shock back five of nine from three, and he did some good things, and he deserves a ton of credit for that. But he was benched towards the end of this game for not being able to stay in front of anybody. And two rebounds for Michael Porter Jr., that's not good enough. And he was in rebounding position a lot of the time or like in the general vicinity where a rebound should have been grabbed. And the fact that he only got two, 39 minutes for Porter in the last game, he played 
both ends of the back-to-back. He, to me, seems like a guy that, okay, maybe he's tired. Maybe he needs a night off. There's a lot of guys that need a night off. Porter's played every game. Gordon's played every game. Jokic has played every game. KCP's played every game. Reggie's played every game. All those guys have played a lot. And I'm not surprised that kind of the details are, are slipping through the cracks a little bit here. Porter, more than anybody, with as much pressure as on him as he's trying to work through some different things, as he was working through his own shooting slump at the beginning of the season, I'm not surprised that other things have slipped. He has to get back to it. He's got to be able to recenter and recover a little bit, but I think that he can. Like, there's there's no no reason why he can't do that. He was great defensively to begin the year. He was staying in front of a lot of people. When LeBron James was attacking him on the opening night, he was fine. MPJ was fine. He was perfectly okay in that situation. So uh, this should be no different. Paolo Bancaro attacking him, Franz attacking him. That should not be any different, especially for MPJ. So hopefully he can figure that out. Um, Alex, uh, tonight MPJ had 31 minutes. It wasn't that much. Uh, he is getting the offense-defense sub, so a little bit less than what it usually is. But, I mean, he had to soak up a bunch of minutes last game for uh, Jokic's absence uh, in the second half. So I-, I don't blame Porter for, like, maybe it wasn't his best performance. Like, he tied for the team high and plus minus. I'm not going to not going to sit here and berate him because I don't think that he was the problem. Uh, Gordon, I didn't think was great, but he, again, like, he had seven offensive rebounds. Several of those were on his own misses, but uh, he ultimately finished off the blade, did pretty well. I just don't think his defense was very good. And like with Porter, I don't really expect his defense to be good. With Gordon, I kind of do, especially in this particular atmosphere. But uh, Gordon had nothing for Paolo Bancaro. He had nothing for Franz Wagner. He had nothing for Cole Anthony, really. Like None of those guys really felt him in any way. And I thought that KCP played some better defense, but I did not think that Aaron Gordon played good defense tonight. And that was one of the reasons why the Orlando Magic were able to hang around, not get too uh, far behind, and then really explode when the other, like when when the ultimate shoe drops. So look, I think that Gordon, definitely some pressure. And I thought that the Nuggets were trying to force feed him a little bit, uh, especially early on in this game. And there, there were definitely points where they were trying to force some actions to him because he is from Orlando or he played in Orlando for much of his career. And it just would not surprise me if they decided, hey, we want to try to get you going in your to, for revenge against your previous team. Didn't really work. It, it wasn't as good tonight. So, look, I, again, another guy that they probably could get some rest. Uh, KCP was fine. Uh, the transition three that he took right towards the end of the game, not uh, not the greatest, but if it goes in, then Denver's tied and you suddenly feel like you could steal that one. So, I don't really blame him for taking it. He also hit a three just previous to that. So look, that that's perfectly fine. But uh, for as much of the uh, criticism has been around other guys for rebounding, KCP, one rebound, uh, two assists. Now he does defend on the ball probably more than anybody on the Nuggets. So he's out on the perimeter. He's not supposed to get a bunch of rebounds. Uh, But again, plus five, not going to criticize him. And then Reggie Jackson. 14 points, nine assists, one turnover for Reggie, but he was minus eight, five of 15 from the field. And I thought that his decision-making kind of got worse as the game went on. And then his defense got worse as the game went on too. 
Reggie started off this game really, really well. He had some crazy shots and he deserves a ton of credit for that. Uh, but I do think that other than a couple of setups to Jokic specifically in that second half, I think that his creation kind of waned a little bit and his ability to defend waned a little bit down the stretch. So uh, like he was, he was definitely one of the marks for the opposing team and that's tough. That's not great, but is what it is. Look, Denver's going to be fine. Their starters were pretty tired. Overall, they were still about plus five as a unit. So that's usually, or for most teams, that should be good enough for Denver. It's not. Like, it just isn't. They have to be plus 10 most of the time. And on the road, fourth game on the road, like, I'm not surprised that it wasn't perfect. And I'm not surprised that the game kind of panned out this way. So is what it is. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the bench because that deserves kind of a longer discussion, I would say, and, and just a lot of the stuff that I think people are frustrated about it stems from the bench. So we'll be back. But first, everybody, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Refer a friend and earn a $50 bonus this season with Superbook. They're the most trusted name in sports wagering. And all you need to do in order to get their refer a friend bonus is click on the refer a friend link in uh, or under your profile in the Superbook app. Share that promo code with your friends and you'll get a $50 bonus for everyone who registers using your code. So win money wagering and win money referring uh, with Superbook Sports. All you got to do is visit superbook.com for terms and conditions. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Roll Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. Can it be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe on the audio side of things? Uh, but if you're watching on YouTube, please hit the like button and comment down below uh, what your favorite Thanksgiving side is. I, I will be talking about those in the third segment. So if you're listening live, uh, comment on, on your favorite Thanksgiving foods. I would appreciate that. All right, let's talk about the bench. There is a lot of criticism of Zeke Naji. There is a lot of criticism of Peyton Watson, and I think rightly so. Uh, there's a lot of criticism of different members of the bench, and it's pretty tough. It, it was a pretty tough game for the bench tonight, and I don't have a ton of excuses for them. Um, they were finally starting to get a little bit of a rhythm, and that did not work out that well. Jalen Pickett had a horrible game, just just horrible. Uh, in this one. And that was pretty, pretty tough because he had been pretty steady for Denver. And then kind of when he is the first sub off the bench, he kind of gets them into rhythm, figures out how to handle stuff. And in his eight minutes, he had, he was 0-4 from the field, 0-3 from three, had a rebound, had a turnover, and just wasn't productive at all. He was on the floor while Denver was doing okay, and don't want to dismiss that out of hand. But it just wasn't good enough because uh, how he was interacting with Jokic, how he was interacting with the starters out there, he looked lost. Just looked like he did not belong within that lineup and didn't know where he needed to be within that lineup. So that's a problem. 
Now that hasn't been his role for much of the year. And I think that Denver should try to do a better job of playing through him if he's out there because he's a point guard. You want him to distribute to the rest of the team because he is very good at that. But when you're running passing cut and motion and screening and off ball stuff and things like that, where Jokic is the one who's staying stagnant and it's Pickett who's the one who's moving off the ball. That's not really his role. So I'm not surprised that he struggled, Uh, but airballing two threes in the manner that he did, did not look like a confident shooter. And that is like, that just can't happen. So he's got to find a way to get his confidence back up and be better. Um, I was pretty impressed with Christian Brown overall. I know his plus minus was the lowest on the team. I don't think he was really the problem there. 13 points, seven rebounds, one assist, did have three turnovers. There were a couple of turnovers in the open floor that were really bad, and he does deserve some criticism for that, but he also had some nice plays. And Four of seven from the field, two of two from three, three of three from the line. That's the efficiency that you hadn't really expected with him, but Suddenly, in his last four games or so, he's averaged, he's at eight of his last 10 from three. And one of the threes that he took was kind of in semi-transition where he just pulls up on the right wing and or the right slot. And there's like 20 seconds left on the shot clock. And there's like the defense is set. It's just his guy was sagging off of him and just takes it and makes it. That was a confident shot. It's very rare for a guy to shoot with 20 seconds left on the clock. It's very rare for Christian Brown to hit a, like take a three with 20 seconds left on the clock, but feeling confident in that moment. And he should feel confident in that moment because he is a good enough shooter. It's just all about rhythm with him. And that was great to see. I, I really like that. Strother, I thought had some moments. Some of them were good. Some of them were bad. He committed five fouls in 17 minutes and just wasn't good enough defensively. Two of six from the field, one of four from three, one of two uh, inside the arc. And he missed a, a floater pretty badly at one point. And I think he's got to do a better job of knowing when to settle for the floater because there was one possession where he curled off of a screen and took one dribble guy kind of on his side and then chucked up the floaters like a little push shot, little push floater. And he can do better. He can absolutely do better than that on this shot. And it just like, for whatever reason, he, He doesn't want to work his way all the way to the rim. And I think it's kind of avoiding contact, but he should be a guy that because he's six foot seven and the guy on his back is not going to be as big as him. He should be trying to use that size a little bit, take his time, be patient, work his way into the paint, make the shot easier for himself. That will come with time. That's more of a veteran thing. And he's a rookie right now, but Denver's going to need him to grow up. Like they, they just have to have that. The two guys that deserve the most criticism off the bench, I would say, are Peyton Watson and Zeke Naji. Um, It's not good. It was not good from them tonight because I didn't notice Peyton Watson at all. The only time that I noticed Peyton Watson was when he didn't dive for a loose ball and somebody else did right in front of him, grabbed the loose ball, and then that player hit a three. Michael Mullen calls a timeout and immediately goes over to yell at Peyton Watson for not diving on the floor because he wants the hustle. This is a time to hustle. That's what has to travel when you're on the road. It can't, you can't just expect the ball to bounce to you 
You have to go get it. And for Peyton Watson, for much of his time in the rotation, he has not known when to be aggressive versus when to be passive. It feels like more often than not, he makes the wrong decision pretty much every time. And that's a young thing. That's that's a thing where you grow out of it eventually and you start to learn when your spots are. You start to understand your game a little bit better and you start to develop some confidence and some rhythm in how you do it. But he did not. And I don't know. Like, he is supposed to be the ideal player to guard a player like Paolo Bancaro, to guard a player like Franz Wagner. He didn't have a ton of possessions against those guys tonight, and maybe that's the particular reason, but to me, it is just, it's not good enough from Peyton. Peyton needs to be attacking. He needs to be aggressive. He needs to be forcing the issue in a lot of ways because that's what his skill set calls for. And if he makes mistakes by going too hard, Denver will live with that. They will not live with the mistakes of him not going hard enough because his the rest of his game is not good enough. It just isn't. He's not a good offensive player unless he's playing downhill and attacking and just being a pest. Pretty sure he grabbed an offensive rebound tonight and then drew a foul on it. And he went 0 of 2 at the line. That's another thing, obviously, that needs to change. But he grabbed, that was his only rebound. Zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks, zero turnovers. Had two points off of a make. Pretty sure that was a transition bucket. That's not good enough. Denver's got to get more. They just, they can't have nothing from that spot. And then with Zeke, look, I've made my feelings known about Zeke before. I have defended the contract. I have defended his spot in the rotation. I have defended his lack of defensive rebounding because it is not just on him to defensive rebound, especially if he's switching onto guards. If he's switching onto guards, he has to make an impact switching onto guards. He cannot just play shadow defense and force them to make a shot that is, uh, let's let's call it 2% tougher than it normally would be against a, another big man. That dude has to be more aggressive. That dude's got a guard, and he is not guarding. He's just not. Like, there, there has been no point over the course of these last three or four games where I felt like, yeah, Zeke Naji made a difference on that possession defensively. And what I mean by that, obviously, is you have to be better and more impactful on the ball if you're going to switch. And you've got to be physical. Like, you cannot just shadow. Because they didn't feel him at all. And one of the things that you kind of start to realize in those situations is that when you just play shadow defense, it makes it easier for the other team to offensive rebound because they know exactly when the shot is going up. They know exactly when to get into position. They know exactly where the shot is going to miss if it does miss. And Zeke is just not affecting that side of the ball right now. Obviously, he's not affecting the offensive side of the ball. Like One of two from the field for three points. One of two from the line. One offensive rebound. Had a couple of assists. Those are okay. There is no pressure on the rim, and there's no pressure on the three-point line when it comes to his game. And he's got to do one or the other. It's one of the reasons why I've been so adamant about him shooting and picking and popping as a six foot nine stretch five. 
if you are going to be six foot nine, which he can't change that, that's who he is. If you're going to play the center position, you have to shoot the three. And he just continues to not. Now, some of that is on Denver for not putting him in, into position where he should be shooting more threes. Some of that is on him. He makes his own reads. He makes the reads of when he wants to be aggressive as the, the focal points and the, the pivot points when he's doing the DHO game. He can pop into space. The team will find him if he's there. <laughs> if he's there and if he wants to shoot, he'll probably be fine. I cannot imagine for the life of me that the coaching staff is like, no, you have to roll. You have to roll. It is a requirement. If you pop, we will take you out. There's no way. Because one of the advantages of having a switch everything big is that he's more quicker, more agile than other bigs. And one of the ways you can take advantage of that is when you are a stretch five and you're picking and popping into space and you catch the ball and you pump fake and the center gets a little bit too close to you, then you drive right past them and create an advantage. There are no advantages created with Zeke Naji right now as the center. And that is just not good enough. If you're going to roll, like Reggie Jackson tried to throw a lot to him and he couldn't catch the ball. I think he wasn't expecting the lob, and I wouldn't be expecting the lob either because how many lobs have been thrown to Zeke Naji in his career, frankly? Just hasn't been a lot. But he hasn't been picking and popping. He hasn't really been picking and rolling in a good situation. Actually, the one possession that I, I do remember the basket that he had, it was the only assist that Christian Brown had tonight, was Christian Brown getting into space. And then Zeke Naji sealing Cole Anthony on his back. You know, 5'11 Cole Anthony. Okay, good job, Zeke. Do better. Do it more. Do it harder, frankly. Like, there are things that he has to do that he can do. He is talented enough to do. But for some reason, he is not doing them. And I don't know if it's the actual system that is at play here or if it's Zeke not reading the floor and understanding where he needs to be in the system, I tend to think it's the latter. And Denver's got to figure that out because I am tired of Denver playing a small ball unit. Six foot nine, Zeke Naji, six foot eight, Peyton Watson, both undersized for their position. And asking those guys to play hard on the defensive end and then not really knowing what to do on the offensive end with either of them. Like, they're just getting nothing consistently over and over again. And I want to think that there is a plan there and that they're able to execute it. But right now, I'm not seeing it. Right now, I'm not seeing it, whether that's a coaching thing, whether that's the players not absorbing the coaching principles. I don't know. But it does not feel like Zeke is absorbing what the Nuggets want him to do. And... If that's the case, and if they can't trust him for a playoff series, they got to get another big. Because if Aaron Gordon is going to be your starting power forward and your backup center, you need somebody else that could be a facsimile of that. Because if Aaron Gordon goes out due to foul trouble, then you're screwed. Just screwed. And Denver can't, like, they can't lose this year because of that. Because of Aaron Gordon foul trouble. Or like Aaron Gordon rolls an ankle. They can't let that happen. There has to be another big body that they can play 
either next to Jokic or behind Jokic in the second unit. They got to find him. It would be nice if it was like Mason Plumlee or somebody like that. I'd be totally down for that. Uh, I saw some comments about Andre Drummond. It'd be a traditional five that they could do, and that that would be fine for replacing Zeke and maybe pushing Zeke to the four even. That would force him to shoot. Uh, Or it's something else. I'm not sure. But Denver can find a situation. They can find a solution. There's no doubt in my mind that they can. It's more about are they willing to pay the price? And are they willing to trade one or more of these younger guys in order to get the right piece. Keep in mind that Zeke Naji, with the signing of the extension that he had, it's all well and good that he signed the extension and Denver, they're fine, but there's a poison pill on that contract for a year. They can't trade his contract legally. Like, not not without some salary cap shenanigans that they aren't going to be able to pull off. So, I don't think, like, people are talking about trade Zeke, trade Zeke. They can't. Not really. Not until next year. And maybe that's something they do in the offseason if, if they think that that is beneficial to them. But they're going to need to find a more creative, cheaper solution than something for Zeke Naji's contract because it's not available to them right now. Um, Dr. Van Nostrand asked, does DJ have anything left in the tank? Not for what Denver needs. I don't think not for what they need. They need somebody who can play in a little bit more space and be a little bit more athletic. And I don't think that DJ has that. I think that DJ is a little bit too slow. There's a reason why he's only played one game and he is a, good solid veteran to have on their roster every team needs a good veteran like that but it wouldn't surprise me if uh, if they can't play him if i'm being honest one of the solutions for denver might be cutting justin holiday and adding somebody else in free agency adding somebody else via buyout that might be the issue and might not be perfect might not be ideal justin holiday hasn't really played a ton Julian Strother has proven to be good enough in, in the role that needs to be played. Christian Brown is absorbing a lot of that, and Reggie Jackson's absorbing a lot of that. And I don't think that if we're talking about, and Truth Teller says it here, uh, who is the eighth player in the playoff rotation? That's part of the issue with Justin Holiday because he is the same size as he's the same size as Christian Brown, basically. And he's even lighter. So asking him to do some of those other things is probably not the right call. They need somebody bigger than that. They need somebody the size of Jeff Green, if we're being honest. Six foot eight, 230, 240 pounds, versatile, and that's fine. Truth teller, I don't think you cut Vlatko. I think that they might be able to apply for a injury exception with him if they don't believe that he can come back. Uh, I would personally be applying for an injury exception because I think that Denver needs a solution sooner rather than later in order to get that roster spot back. Um, They need some bigger body that can sort of help bolster the rebounding, but also straighten out that unit a little bit because there's not an identity within that group. And the identity that was hustle, defend, rebound, run, that's not what the identity can be because they're not hustling enough and because they aren't good enough offensively or defensively to really make it work. I'll pull some numbers for it for tomorrow 
or actually not tomorrow. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. I'll pull some numbers at some point and we will talk about it then. All right. Let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to chat about Thanksgiving and being thankful and all those horrible things uh, because that is that's where we're at right now with the with the nugget season. But first, good morning, Broncos. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Seen some talk about Kelly Olynyk uh, during the break. Uh, they can't afford Kelly Olynyk, not unless they, like, not unless they trade Reggie Jackson. And because if you can't trade Zeke Nagy, then you have to trade Reggie Jackson for money matching purposes. And Denver, I don't think that they'd be willing to do that. If I'm being honest, Reggie has become too valuable for that. So uh, with the poison pill that Zeke now has on his contract. You would need to trade Reggie, Julian Strother, and Vlako Chanchar, among others, in order to make it work. And I just don't think that Denver should do that. There are other players that they could probably target. I will do a deeper dive on that at some point, and we'll talk about that in, in just a sec- or at a later time, because everybody needs to cool down, obviously. But uh, we could talk about that at a later point. All right, final segment here. Let's chat about Thanksgiving. Let's chat about being thankful for things. And uh, like I said, comment down below your favorite Thanksgiving dish uh, for those that celebrate. Uh, This is the most cliche thing I do every year. Actually, I used to do a podcast with Gage Bridgeford. Shout out to Gage uh, over at Denver Stiffs. And we would do different Thanksgiving themed podcasts and theme topics and we did a draft of uh different things you could have on your thanksgiving plate and and things like that uh mac and cheese was a a big point of contention between us and his take uh i i remember we had a conversation between him myself and zach mikosh uh zach and i are like gage and i were both on the side of turkey is extremely overrated and i will say I've had some pretty good turkeys over the course of the last couple of years, and it is all about how you cook it. And it's all about the gravy, in my opinion. So not a surprise that uh, it can be it can go so wrong that at, for sure. But uh, look, if, if you celebrate, then I, I appreciate it. I hope everybody enjoys their Thanksgiving. I hope everybody takes advantage of the time with their families. Uh, it's something that I don't do enough as. Uh, kind of covering the nuggets and often this is a pretty isolated job when it comes to your actual work schedule you will work with people but everybody's trying to uh they're trying to focus on games they're trying to focus on their own individual work and for me personally like but my 
Well, my experience is that when I go to the arena, it's fun and I'm trying to focus and I'm trying to uh, be nonpartisan if I can and uh, asking questions and doing things at the arena. And then I'm coming back here and I'm podcasting and I'm writing articles and I'm looking up stats and I'm doing social media. And you start to realize and you start to process just how much you are staying isolated, just how much you're not really involving yourself with other people in a more personal way. And that's like developing human connection, develop like spending time with family, doing all the things that people should be doing, especially around a time like Thanksgiving. So I'm going to value, I'm going to value this. I am going to take my time. I'm going out to Eastern Colorado to go see my relatives that I'm very excited. My brother is currently baking some, uh, baking some biscuits that we're, we're going to bring to our Thanksgiving time. And it's going to be great, but, uh, I am thankful for my family. I'm thankful for the nuggets. I'm thankful for my job, even if it can be frustrating, even if I can like, look, you guys know how seriously I take this. Like I, I am not like I, I joke around. I try to, I try to go about things the right way. And often like I care a lot about like my work, doing things the right way and approaching things the right way. And making sure that everything is is on the straight and narrow, basically. And sometimes can get too caught up in being serious. Sometimes can get too caught up in trying to do things perfectly and trying to get so much progress on, uh, let's say I'm growing the, the Mile High Sports YouTube channel. We're at 4K subscribers. This time last year, you guys remember like how many subscribers the MHS YouTube channel had? It was 500. Like, I've had 3,500 subscribers added to this YouTube channel in the past 11 months. That's wild. That's wild to think about. And when I sit back and when I think about that, it is an awesome accomplishment. And I need to be thankful for like everybody here and everybody that's willing to sit here and listen to me on Thanksgiving Eve, basically chat about the nuggets facing the Orlando magic in a game that I didn't even attend. Uh, but just trying to keep things in perspective for sure. Trying to keep things in perspective that I got 320 some odd subscribers on the alley-oop in a month. And that was really impressive. And it was so frustrating in general to see the growth be so slow, see the growth be very frustrated at all. And I am more than thankful, more than thankful to be in this position and trying to provide the best possible coverage that I can to Nuggets fans and just want to say uh, and to express that as, as much as I possibly can. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for being fans and for being passionate about this because without you, none of this is possible. And like, that's, I, I try to, I try not to forget that. So had to recenter myself over the course of the last couple of days and want to just continue to reiterate that for sure. That most important thing during this time is to recenter yourself and to make it good. So I don't know if that makes any sense at all. That I think at, at that point I was just speaking gibberish. So, okay. Nuggets fans, be thankful for Nikola Jokic. Uh, be thankful that the starting lineup is still the best in the NBA, despite the fact that part of that starting lineup has not been healthy for the last half of games. Uh, 
be thankful that Jamal Murray is healing up. He probably will not play against the Houston Rockets. I'd be very surprised if he did at this point. Thought that he might at the beginning of the week or not begin like last week. Ultimately, that didn't happen. And I think in general that when he comes back, the team will start to feel a little bit better. Team will start to play a little bit better. Things will start to be in a little bit more in line. The bench will have it easier on themselves. And Denver will they'll probably win a lot more games. Uh, right now, going through a rough spot. Let's just disconnect from that. Let's enjoy Thanksgiving. And I hope everybody has a wonderful holiday. So that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast as always. Once again, uh, it would mean the world if you rate, review, and subscribe to the uh, audio side of things for Pickaxe and Roll. That would be great. If not, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button if you've enjoyed. And I will be back on Friday covering the Nuggets in-season tournament game against the Houston Rockets. That's a must-win if the Nuggets want to advance within the tournament. They're not guaranteed, even if they don't, uh, even if they get that win, but uh, still would be nice to see them get that done. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the show. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast, as always. We'll talk to you guys on Friday.